This is the Coming Out Loved and Supported Podcast, the group for the LGBTQ plus community and family of LGBTQ plus wanting to learn more and do better. I am your host, Annie Henderson. I'm a certified professional life coach and also a member of the LGBTQ plus community. We are so glad you're here. Please like and subscribe. And if you know anyone that is needing support as they are going through their journey, please share because I honestly believe by doing so, we can save lives. Hello, this is Annie Henderson, your coming out coach on the Coming Out Loved and Supported podcast. Thanks for being here for this episode with Kaylin McDuff. Kaylin, thank you so much for being here. Hi, thanks for having me. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, let me introduce you a little bit further. Kaylin McDuff, the Working Woman's Pleasure Guide, helps overworked, stressed women who spend too much time in their heads slow down and connect with their bodies so that they can enjoy a life based in pleasure. Having never had an orgasm until the age of 32 to now fully connecting with her body and all the sensations it provides. Oh my goodness. I'm going to stop right there so I can ask you more questions. And if you did, if you miss the rating on this episode, we might be diving into a little more than usual. So <laughs> make sure this is the right audience for you. Um, but such, such a needed conversation to have, especially for those of us who, you know, I, I probably have a similar journey compared to you. So I, I can't yeah. wait to hear all about it. Um, so first off, thanks again for just being here and coming on and sharing more about your story and your experiences. Yes, I am. Uh, I'm just absolutely um, delighted. And, you know, as I have said to you, this is um, this is an edge for me as much as, you know, I am so out loud in the sexuality space and, I, you know, talking about orgasms, the topic of um, sexual identity is really, it's a new, it's a new edge for me to really be expressed about this. And um, I'm just so grateful that you like have a place where you're having conversations like this. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's so needed because yeah, I know growing up, it was not a conversation any, it was very taboo, right? We didn't talk about anything sexual and, you know, and sometimes that can cause a lot of repression and, you know, internalized homophobia and all of the things. Um, yeah. So do you want to start off by just telling us a little bit about your, your life and your journey and how you got to where you are today? Sure. <laughs> well, where you find me today is in uh, Los Angeles, where I've been actually for a few years, but I spent, um, you know, most of my life sort of after I graduated college, um, I spent in New York. But even before that, I was born in Wyoming. So it's like, you can imagine a woman who comes <laughs> from like conservative Wyoming roots, right? Yes. Um, and, and I say conservative, meaning just like, you know, the environment in Wyoming is, uh, is quite conservative. It just is. 
Um, and then, you know, sort of, you know, going off to college to South Carolina, experiencing that part of the country. Oh <laughs> yes. my gosh. You've been all over. I've really experienced every single um, region, I think, of our country. Um, and then, you know, I ended up in, um, in New York um, and, you know, lived a really like I would call it like a fruitful professional career. You know, I was always sort of moving up. I, I worked in the nonprofit space and then um, I started working in tech, um, got a job at LinkedIn. And, um, and then, you know, around that time, I actually started becoming a coach, you know, and so I was looking around at my life and you know, this as a coach, you know, you start to just when you bring your awareness to different areas of your life and realize like, oh, I get to create everything, you know, all of a sudden you're like, wait, I have the cheat code. This is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And so I, um, eventually ended up leaving, you know, corporate, my corporate job at LinkedIn, right. Walking away from that because I knew like, oh, I want to create my coaching practice and yeah. you know, this gorgeous apartment in Brooklyn and, you know, a great community of friends. And I was sort of looking around at my life and the thing I had not addressed was my sexuality. I had so many layers of shame mm. and repression and so many stories. And like you said, in my intro, I had never had an orgasm and I thought I was broken. I, I felt crazy. It's like reading all the books and, you know, sort of doing secret research. Uh -huh. <laughs> and like, I was like, I don't even really like, I didn't really even enjoy masturbating all that much. Like I, I, I genuinely felt so lost and disconnected from my body and my experience of my body, right. you know, and then to top it off. Right. Um, I was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. Oh, wow. So right around the same time that I was sort of like, I don't know, should I look at my sexuality? Then it's like, I get this diagnosis and talk about going further down the rabbit hole of my body is broken. Mm. I was so crushed. And, you know, when you get a diagnosis like that, it's, it's, it's very easy to go into a headspace of like, what if I end up in a wheelchair? What if I, you know, all yeah. the what ifs and really like as painful as that time was so much pain. I also, it provided me so much clarity for my life. Like I was like, life is so freaking short. And then, you know, around that same time, I just said, fuck it. Like, I'm going to look at my sex. <laughs> and so I started. I love you know, it. So what age was this? So this was like age 32. Okay. When I received this diagnosis. So I had lived in New York for 10 years. I was having numbed out sex. Like I Right. <laughs> I didn't, I did not know what was available in the world of pleasure and sensuality. Do you think most people do? Oh my gosh. That's the thing. That's like why I'm in my work. 
Yes. <laughs> if you knew what was possible when you just really yeah. slow down and you it, tap into feeling your body. And I think, I think <sighs> it's even more powerful coming from you because, you know, there's some people that just have it <laughs> always. And for, you know, for those of you, like I forever just was like, Maybe I, maybe I did have an Aries. I don't know. Maybe that's it for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just not yeah. just being clueless and thinking, you know, some people that's just their lives and maybe that's not it for me. So the fact that you can come from a place of my body's broken to, oh my goodness, I have the key is, is huge. And it, and it, it hits me differently coming from you. Oh, Thank you for saying that. Yeah. Yeah. I realized like the thing I've just realized through my work is that so many women are carrying around that story of my body, some version of my body is broken, Mm -hmm. you know, whether it's uh, fertility stuff or body image stuff or, you know, weight stuff you know, we just, mm-hmm. um, sexual stuff, right there. There's just so much. Yeah. Do you think a lot of people just think like, Oh, I don't really like sex. You know, it's interesting. The women that I end up talking to, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, by the time they get to me, they're like sort of not in denial anymore. You know, uh-huh. they're like, okay damn it, Kaylin. Like I get, you know, ah, all right. I think there's something here, you know, but, but I do think there's a whole other group of women that I'm not even talking to out there, right? Women who are in marriages where they feel dead, you know, or women who had, um, a traumatic sexual experience, you know, and then they're like, Oh, I just didn't have sex for 10 years after that or whatever it is. Right. And, the, the, the problem is that you, when you can't feel your body because of trauma, right. You're just numb. Right. And then you just assume like, I don't know, maybe I'm just not a sexual being, but I deeply believe we are all deeply sexual beings and we just have unaddressed trauma. Yeah. That, you know? yeah. And that, it's, and it's so interesting how things come up and, and appear and play out in our lives based on what we're repressing and, and our shame and, and trauma, all of that. So, so I'm curious in terms of your diagnosis, do you, are you, do you still have MS? So I, the way I talk about it is that I, that is a diagnosis that I received. Mm-hmm. Because language is everything, right? Language is power. Mm -hmm. Um, And I am on a, my own health journey to cure my MS. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so I've worked deeply with a healer and um, I'm a crazy person when it comes to food. (laughs) (laughs) I do all of the like natural remedies, you know, and quite frankly, I feel the healthiest I've ever felt in my entire life. It's like, I love that. That's amazing. Yeah. It's like, I had to almost like I had to receive an MS diagnosis (laughs) to wake the fuck up 
mm-hmm. and listen to my body. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know? And so now I'm like, if I look at pictures of me now, like versus, I don't know, five, like, let's say 10 years ago, I'm like, oh my gosh, <laughs> I, it's a world of difference. You know, I'm so much more full of life because of the way that I treat my body, you know, mm-hmm. and, and that really started with the MS diagnosis and then this whole orgasm thing. And I'm like, my body is capable of things that I never imagined. Mm-hmm. Yes. I love all of that. Did you ever see the, the, I don't know if it's a, I guess a documentary called heal on Netflix just no. on all the different ways people heal oh using my gosh. different methods and their, their mind or holistic methods, Eastern, Western, all, all of that. I just think it's incredible yeah. and it's amazing. Cause I, I had a feeling your story was, you know, something yeah. like that, where, you know, even with that diagnosis, you look and feel better than you did 10 years ago. Totally. I'm like, the pictures do not lie. People. I'm like, look at my skin. Honestly. <laughs> I mean, it's baby soft. Okay. That is my vegan eating, you know? Yeah. And, and I really believe, I mean, I, um, as much as I am resistant to Western medicine, you know, I'm like, Oh, don't even get, that's a whole other separate two hour podcast uh-huh. <laughs> um, that we could have, but you know, so I've sort of been on and off drugs. Right. And I, my ideal long-term plan is to be off drugs, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and I'm currently on drugs because I genuinely believe in my spirit that they are supporting me. Right. Which is a tough pill to swallow. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And I just, I'm leaving space for the possibility of long-term working myself off of the drugs. That's, you know, and that's my own personal choice. And, and I think, you know, everybody has to make their own decision. But for me, I check in with my body and my spirit and that is my guide. Yeah. I, I, and I, I like how you said that for, for each their own, right. Some people yeah. that, that they will only do Western medicine. And for some people it's healing through, um, visualization and these, um, incredible things that you would never think would work. And, and they do. Um, right. I mean, Western medicine and the placebo effect, (laughs) uh, it's, we know, we know things can work just because of our mind based on the placebo effect. So I, I love, I love any example where healing is, is happening, um, in through, through different methodologies. So thank you for sharing that. Um, so I wanted you to, I wanted to ask a little bit because you have, created a safe community to have some of these amazing conversations. Can you tell us a little bit about that and um, maybe how people can get involved? Yeah. Um, So my, I am, you know, in the process of really building just a movement of women, you know, it's like, if you think about it, it's like, it's like a coven, you know, I'm just gathering all the witches out there, right. Or, or women who don't yet know that they are witches. Um, Cause I believe we all have that inside of us. Um, so my, uh, my current women's community is called cocoon. Mm. And I came up with that. Um, you know, it's funny. Like, 
you launch something in your business and people just think, oh yeah, you know, like she, maybe she took a couple weeks and came up with a cute name and then, you know, made a sales page or whatever. And it's like, <laughs> no, no, I took a year to have this program really be birthed from my body. And, um, and so inside of the reason it's named cocoon is because I love, um, supporting women to hold each other deeply, deeply in a cocoon and, and inside of rapture, meaning just the, like all the shit that wants to come out of us that we never have approval for. I love creating a space where women can really hold each other in that it is, it's medicine. Yeah. And so we go through, you know, a deep alchemical process, really like looking at all the stuff from the past that we're still holding on to, you know, like this week in my community, we're looking at the toxic masculine and feminine Mm -hmm. and the exalted masculine and feminine. Ooh, so deep. So deep. Yeah. I think the world just doesn't have that figured out. Um, And, you know, so it's really like a healing process. And then through that, women just get turned on, you know, all the women right now in my community are like, oh, we want to do a sexy photo shoot. And <laughs> I just want to put, you know, sexy photos of my naked body all over my house, you know? And like, these are women for whom three or four months ago, that would not have been a reality. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Such a transformation. I, the cocoon is the perfect name, right? If we, yeah. if we think of the caterpillar and, you know, all the mm-hmm. stuff that happens. And like you said, you know, sometimes there's yeah. some, some transformation and sometimes, you know, sometimes we have to get all the gross stuff out first and all the toxic mm-hmm. thinking and domestication out so we can t- transform into the beautiful thing that we are. Because I'm sure a lot of people, when they come into your group, they feel like an ugly caterpillar with yeah. hideous. And it sounds like they come out of it just transformed into that beautiful butterfly and seeing their own beauty. And that's so amazing. That's oh. so amazing because yeah, I, I, and I say, I'm like, Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> I, I was, Oh, I was, I was, Oh shoot. Okay. I was just going to say, I, um, yeah, you know, they might come out a butterfly. They might come out a tiger, um, a sex vixen. Like we don't even know. (laughs) And we realize like, oh, I am the one that creates my own turn on. That is the transformative moment because all of a sudden it's like, oh, okay. Like my husband or my partner or whatever, my friends, I don't need to rely on any of these people for my turn on. It's mine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. And I, I feel like a lot and just in coaching in general, but definitely my people pleasing and LGBT community and your yeah. community, like, you know, they've been developing this sense of self for, for decades and then, yeah. you know, just a small amount of coaching and that safety that, that, you know, we provide in coaching. Yeah. And then on the other side, like it can be a quick turnaround. Mm-hmm. It doesn't. And then it's, and then they keep it for the rest of their lives. Right. It's not like a totally degree or something that they can use in one area. Like it changes them in, in so many ways. So um, yeah. typically when someone 
uh, signs on to work with you? Like mm-hmm. how, how fast is it that they're seeing some of this transformation? And I, I'm sure it's different. <laughs> yeah. For everybody. It, yeah. It varies, but you know what? I, um, I, I'm remembering it can happen pretty quickly, right? Because you just need a few breadcrumbs and to realize like, Oh, wait a minute. Oh, you know? And so the, I remember at the end of January, so um, cocoon started in January, this group of cocoon um, launched in January and, you know, towards the end of the month, I remember some of the women just saying like, how has it only been a month? Right. Yes. I feel like I've gotten six months worth of transformation mm-hmm. in one month. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's yes. Yes. So anybody listening, like it doesn't have to be this long yeah. process that takes another 30 years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> within a month. Right. And I'm sure even before you start yeah. to see these transformations, when you, when you feel like you, you know, can give yourself permission and you're around totally. strong women that are doing the same kind of work. Um, so transformative. Yeah. So, yeah. well, and even it, the program starts when you sign up. So honestly, by the, you know, I was signing women up last fall and in December, and then the program started in January and like, they show up to the first call and they're like, oh my gosh, the program has already been working me. Like, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, I'm seeing my desires and I'm saying what I want and, you know, all of these things. It's like, because the, um, you know, I, I, I do teaching, right. And I, I give women nuggets and, and really like tools and resources and, you know, lots of, I give them lots of things, but that, and that stuff is powerful, but the, the real power of cocoon or any container that you're going to be in. And I say container, just meaning like a program, right. The real power of it is the energetic frequency at which it's, uh, vibrating. You know, that's the, and that's the thing that, that makes the difference and creates transformation, you know, is like being in the energetic frequency of cocoon or, you know, whatever, you know, program that calls to you. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. Um, so I'll, I'll let, I'll let you share in, in just a moment, um, yeah. where everyone can find you and dive into this and get super yeah. excited. Um, but in terms of, uh, we were talking earlier before the call about, yeah. um, our, our upbringing and our realizations and, um, on, on TikTok, you know, I talk about how, you know, it's not a midlife crisis, but an awakening, right. We're constantly <laughs> awakening to this, Oh, this, like, this is life and this is it. Um, Mm -hmm. and then how that looks in terms of looking back at our past and our, our parents and our upbringing, (laughs) can you, can you talk about any of that for just a little bit? Yeah. Yeah. I, um, this is sort of just, it's been a revealing process for me. The more I come out in my sexuality and my identity, the more I realize I'm like, Oh, wow. Like you sort of see the stories that you have to shed Mm -hmm. right along the way as you, as you continue to come out in your sexuality. And so for me, 
Um, I, you know, I grew up in a religious home in Wyoming and, you know, like I'm, I'm grateful for, um, <laughs> for actually like growing up there, you know, it, it was, I hate to, I don't I hate to say it's like simple, but it was kind of simple living there. It's like, oh, you're in Wyoming and you can be in nature and, you know, like yeah. it, it's actually a great place to grow up. Um, and like being inside of religious beliefs as, you know, so many, you know, people grow up inside of, um, I just, we just, there wasn't a conversation happening about sexuality. It was like, oh, you save it for marriage and that's that. And okay, moving on. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, North Texas here. (laughs) Similar. Like I, um, our parents, you know, I'll, I'll say my parents, you know, um, I don't think like they received any sort of guidance on how to talk to kids about sex, Mm -hmm. right? It just, it wasn't a thing that was happening. And I still think there's like a lot that parents go through, right? I don't know. I'm not a parent yet. Um, But yeah, it's like we, they go through so much of like, how do I even talk to my kids? What's okay? What's not okay. And sometimes it's easier to just like, not. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. And I think, gosh, I think the difference in generations is simply like the internet and being able to reach outside of your small town or community for other people's advice or people that are going through similar situations instead of just, just the church or just your family or small circle. So yeah. I, I'm glad I'm a parent now where I can reach out right. and ask people for quick, you know, advice or thoughts or information as opposed to just how, yeah. how our parents had to do it. Yeah. So, I mean, I, um, I did, I, I was a, you know, late bloomer in ter- like in terms of losing my, losing my virginity, which by the way, that language in and of itself, I'm like, why did I even just say that? It's so automatic. Yeah. Right. But it, the way we frame it, it's like you're losing something. Mm. Oh, and someone else is taking yeah, someone else is taking. Ooh, I never really you. dove it's into that language. Such yeah. a like victim mentality. Right. So it's I'm like, wow, that's so I just caught myself saying that. Right. And I'm somebody who was like, I am out and proud about my sexuality. And look at that. Like that just is an automatic thing that we say in the world. Um, and it's a big issue because then we have, you know, there's so much shame around that and around our sex. And so for me, it was like, you know, I, I lost my virginity. I said it again. I had sex for the first time (laughs) at the age of like, I forget 22 or 23, you know, when I moved to New York, um, because I just couldn't, there was so much guilt I had and thought, I thought I needed to like save it for marriage. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, all that shame. Yes. And, um, and, you know, it's like, I grew up in an environment where there wasn't a lot of diversity in terms of sexuality. I mean, there wasn't a lot of diversity in general and in terms of sexuality, there weren't any models that I had of like what, what was possible, you know? And so, you know, now I am queer and specifically I'm bisexual. I like having sex with men and women. You know, I date men. 
exclusively. Although, you know, I'm just willing to be totally surprised by my desire <laughs> at some point down the road, you know, like I'm, I'm not. And knowing that that's totally okay to, to change your mind and adjust. And, you know, I, I think that's a huge thing that I'm wanting to make sure my daughter understands is that, you know, you might think you're this thing. It's okay if you're not, and you figure things out. Cause I think (laughs) I, you know, when I was growing up, I definitely felt trapped like, oh, well, this is how it's going to be. And it wasn't the case. And I stayed stuck in that role and being a people pleaser for years and years and years, instead of knowing and everyone being okay with it's, it's fluid. Things can change and it's okay. Be who you are and be authentic and you'll be happier for it. Yeah. And I, and I, I think we're all so shut off in our sexuality. I mean, I know that's a blanket statement, but I think it's really common, you know? And so if, you know, I think that, um, our sexuality is so much more fluid than people are willing to acknowledge, you know? And so like, for me, I, I wouldn't, I wasn't even present to the fact that I was interested in women because I was just inside of a, a framework where you just don't do that. You know, Mm -hmm. like that's just like not even on the table or that you could like men and women, right. You could enjoy having sex with both men and Mm -hmm. women that whole, that just like never would have entered my mind. And so, you know, the first time that I really had some understanding around this was when I was asked the question inside of a program that I was in, the question was, if you could do anything sexually speaking and there would be no consequences what would you do? Right. And again, this was maybe around the age of, I don't know, 30, 31. And uh, my response was, I would touch another woman's boobs. (laughs) 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 Boobs are just so gorgeous. (laughs) You know, it's like women's bodies are just amazing to me. Yes. Yes. And this was something that never really crossed your mind before. Yeah, it wasn't, it's like, I, I think I had always admired women. Right. And I might've like had some thoughts, but I wouldn't even let myself think mm-hmm. about that as a possibility. Mm-hmm. It just was not even on my radar because uh, we have such conditioning. And it's also, I think the other thing is that there's so much weight around, oh, well, if I want to kiss another woman, like, what does that mean about my identity? And the thing that really had me get free around this conversation was to just explore, you know, have some explorations with women, right? And not have it, I didn't make it mean anything. Right. Labels definitely keep us hindered, right? We're, we feel attached to labels, whether it's career labels or, um, identity labels. Yes. It's, it's so important to, to be able to be, to be free and to not feel judged or stuck. Yeah. The labels are so, they're so tricky, but you know, it was uh, just being willing to step back from that conversation. Right. And not, and just be like, Oh, I don't know. Let me just follow my desire. Let me just see that felt amazing. Right. And then I got to a place where I was like, okay, 
I don't relate to the word heterosexual. Then I was like, but I don't know what to do. Like (laughs) for a while, there's these apps where you can label yourself hetero flexible. I'm, I still learn new phrasing it's, and terminology. It's like a hilarious term for me, <laughs> I, which I think is just like um, sort of the blanket uh, term for people who are just in a like maybe bisexual conversation, you know, and sort of flirting with it. So I'm like, I don't want to shame any labels. I just laugh at it now. Because when I said, okay, I th- maybe I'm heteroflexible. It's like, what is that even anyways? Um, but everyone, you know, it's like everyone can relate to themselves however they want to, you know? And, and for me, the just sitting in my truth and acknowledging that and then saying, oh, well, I guess that, I think that means I'm queer, right? <laughs> <laughs> Like that, you can see I'm still in that process of really letting myself like uh, allowing that, you Mm -hmm. know, because of all the I'm like, well, I don't deserve to call myself queer. I don't you know, I didn't have to go through all of these struggles that this community has gone through. Mm -hmm. And that's a that's a like a common common thing. Yes. Yes. There's yeah. a, lot, a lot of guilt. And sadly, the sometimes the LGBTQIA community can attack each other, right? If someone was married before and then they um, have, have come out of the closet, similar to what I did. Yeah. Um, there's some people that are like, nope, you're, you're bisexual. <laughs> They're like, mm. no, no, I'm really not. <laughs> I just didn't have it figured out. Really? Yeah. Such a, such a travesty. And so sad that, that, even within the LGBTQIA community, we're still very limiting and judgy when, you know, we're all figuring it out with, you know, with the evolution of all of the letters, right? The alphabet mafia is (laughs) my new favorite that I learned on TikTok with all of those letters. It's obvious that we're still learning and growing, Mm -hmm. right? There's no period at the end yet. It just keeps going. There's a plus sign and, um, and knowing that that's okay. There's, there's not one right way. Yeah. Um, yeah, totally. I'm, I'm excited for your journey and for you coming to share and just, you know, knowing that it's okay. I, a lot of, a lot of people will say like, is it too late? You know, is it too mm. late to come out? Is it too late to change? Because they have had that identity or that label for so long. And so for you to, to come on here and share that, you know what, this is fine, that we are figuring it out and we're realizing and knowing our bodies um, at yeah. whatever age. Totally. I, um, yeah, I so appreciate this. And, um, I, you know, I think the thing I just like want people to hear is like, let yourself follow you know, even the smallest desire that comes up that might, you know, sort of mess with your idea of your, what your identity is or what your sexuality is. Right. You know, and if think- that scares you to death, reach out, reach out to <laughs> yeah. um, Kaylin, right. And have that safe place where you're not the only one exploring these ideas. You're in that safe community and asking questions and sharing and feeling feeling all of that support, which is, I think, crucial because it can be 
easily stuffed back down, right? If we think something, right? You might be listening to this podcast right now and something might've been triggered within you where you're like, oh my goodness, is could this be like me? And then you're already going into, no, 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 no. This is yeah. all the reasons why I can't explore this and shoving that down. So, you know, this is where, Kaylin, um, let's share how our guests and our listeners can yeah. reach out to you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so Instagram is my favorite place to hang out. So it's uh, at Kaylin McDuff, C-A-I-L-I-N. Um, <clears throat> I'm guessing you can put that in the show notes. Yes, it will be clickable where they can just click on it and come straight to you. Amazing. And then also, um, if your listeners want to learn more about just getting into your body um, and living a life by desire, stopping overanalyzing all the things, um, they can go to kaylin.online and there's a free resource there um, that they're going to be able to download. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's exciting. Um, yes. so basically it sounds, it sounds like Kaylin McDuff everywhere is how you show yeah, up. Just literally go to Kaylin McDuff on every single social media <laughs> platform. I am there. Um, yeah. And then check out Kaylin.online. Um, if you want to receive a free resource around this and sort of, um, just start the conversation with yourself about like, wait, what would it be like if I lived my life from desire? Yeah. Yeah. And if, you know, if you're, if you're triggered or you're a little scared or nervous about, you know, opening up this, this new side of you and stepping outside of the the box that maybe you've been in, um, just checking her out on Instagram, right? Follow yeah. a while, see, see how you feel, comment, read, like, yeah. subscribe. And then, you know, when it's time and you think, you know what, I want to, I want to dig a little bit deeper. Um, then reach out to her and, and see how y'all can work together. I think it's beautiful and super exciting. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Kaylin, thank uh, you so much for coming on and sharing your gift with our listeners um, about how you can help. Thank you so much for creating this as a beautiful, safe space for this community. Yes, definitely. Definitely. Um, so excited. And, um, Oh, before we go, what are you watching? Oh my gosh. What am <laughs> I? Well, okay. I just watched, I know I, I'm probably behind the times. I just watched my octopus teacher. <gasps> oh, I love that one. So, much. Oh my gosh. Are I am fierce? obsessed. I'm like, and I love it so much because the octopus is the ultimate feminine creature. Oh, tell me like, a little more real quick. Yeah. Octopuses have erotic intelligence. Like they can feel, they make decisions based on feeling. They have like 200 of those little, you know, whatever yeah. pad things. Okay. Yeah. And so they're just feeling their way around the world, you know, and when the octopus jumps on the shark's back to save its own life, I was like, like, that is feminine because the octopus didn't like fight the shark down. Uh huh. She used her felt sense of the world to navigate. 
Ooh, I'm gonna have to watch it again through Helen's eyes now. (laughs) Yeah, like she's just the ultimate feminine creature. And and, that is like an erotic intelligence is the highest form of intelligence, I think. They're they're just (laughs) amazing creatures. That's such a, such a beautiful um, documentary. Like that was beautiful. I'm glad you mentioned that one. Yes. Yeah. Thank you so, so much. Um, Again, um, I'm excited to share this with everyone and um, oh my Mm. goodness, I'm I'm pumped for, for you and for everyone that's going to hopefully click and learn more about you and how they can help themselves and, and their own families as well. Mm-hmm. Cause I'm sure it's just being able to own and dive into who you are and who you're here to be and, and how you can show up and enjoy life, um, has to be freeing and being able to unburden and Ooh, all the good stuff. Thank you. You're amazing. So- much. I (laughs) adore you, Annie. (laughs) Thank you so much. All right. Here is the quote for today. I hear the word tolerance that some people are trying to teach people to be tolerant of gays. I'm not satisfied with that word. I am gay and I am not seeking to be tolerated. One tolerates a toothache, rush hour traffic, an annoying neighbor with a cluttered yard. I am not a negative to be tolerated. That was from Shelley Wright. Oh, love oh. Shelley Wright. <laughs> I have a picture of myself and Shelley Wright. It's it's signed and it's on my fridge. She's amazing. Gosh, celebrity. I know. <laughs> uh, Thank you once again for listening to the Coming Out Loved and Supported podcast. Please check out the show notes on how to reach out and other great resources for support groups and more. If you haven't heard this today, I love you. And yes, you are enough in all the ways. Thank you for listening to this podcast. If you are the kind of person that likes to help others, then please share this with friends and family. If it helped you, then it will probably help others. Also, if you're needing support and inspiration daily, then connect with me at Life Coach Annie on Facebook. I am so grateful for you taking the time to listen today. If you could do me a favor, please leave a positive review so that more people in the LGBTQ community can find meaningful content that motivates.